If you would, if you could open your Bible, please, uh, to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. That will be our scripture this morning. You could also follow along on the screen behind me. 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Now I'd like to invite up uh, Pastor Jeff Foff. He's the senior pastor over at La Habra Hills. He'll be sharing uh, God's word this morning. Please pray with me. Holy God, by, by your spirit, open our hearts and quiet our minds. Free us from the worries and concerns of everyday life so that we might hear your word, believe it, and follow you. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It's always good to be here with this family of God's people at Community Press in La Mirada. Today I'm rather unexpectedly here. It was unexpected for me to be up here at least. I was actually planning to be here because I'm on vacation this week and so I was planning to be here but I wasn't planning to preach but um, God made that possible that it worked out that I was available that I would be able to come here out of Really, my great respect for Pastor Jason and because of my deep love for him and Kathy and their family and, and because the, the body of Christ needs to be with one another when, when we're hurting. And although I'm here today under less than joyful circumstances, it's a reminder, a reminder to me, to all of us, of what it means to be a part of God's people who come together to support each other and to be with each other in times of need. You know, remembering is a huge part of our lives. I'm not sure how many of you were here in this church in October of 2000, but I remember this church in October of 2000 because I was preaching here as a potential candidate for the pastor nominating committee in La Habra. And because of that time here, I am still in La Habra 22 years later. Remembering is important. It's important to 
human beings. And if you don't know it already, the masterminds of Google have figured that out. Every day I'm bombarded by reminders from Google Photos of a picture I took last year. Or I admit that I'm a little bit miffed that Google knows all this about me. But when I see those cute little pictures of my grandkids or friends, then I sort of soften up a bit. Google isn't alone, however. Long before Google ever came along, the Scriptures have been calling God's people to remember. Because remembering, remembering is a big part of the biblical faith. Peter was one of those inner circle of disciples, one of those disciples who actually experienced the, the wonder and the mystery and the power of Jesus up close, personal. The passage that Nathan just read for us is written by that same Peter. And it's a letter in which he can't help but look back at what he had experienced in his life to remember how Jesus had suffered and struggled and sacrificed so that he was where he was in life at that point. Because it's good to remember. It's important to remember. But it's also easy when we take time to remember to get stuck in our memories, to simply long for the days gone by. When Peter looked back on his days of walking alongside Jesus, it would have been easy for him to get caught up in nostalgia. After all, it's hard to even imagine what it must have been like to have walked and, and talked and lived right, right alongside Jesus. These verses that we just read are nostalgic for me. They're among my favorite verses in the Scripture because they are so filled with hope and promise. They're like a, a familiar poem to me. They simply sound good when you hear them. But Scripture is not here just for us to revel in. It's not given to us so that we can simply sit around and feel good about them. The nature of these verses pushes us all, not, not to long for the good old days, but to live life right here and right now. They were written by Peter to a young, struggling church which was trying to survive living, living as scattered strangers in a world that was less than perfect. Peter reminds them of the incredible promises they have as children of God talks about new birth, about a living hope, about an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. These are incredible words of hope for a people who are wondering what in the world is going on. They're incredible words of hope for us who may be wondering the same thing. They're words of promise for a future that will be better than what we're experiencing now. They speak of a perfect place where we will receive an inheritance far beyond what this world could ever offer. Listen to some of the words that Peter uses here. Talks about hope, resurrection, inheritance, heaven, a joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, the salvation of your souls. These are words that are forward-looking, words that are reminding people, people who are grieving that there is more to come, that this isn't all that there is. 
words that are encouraging people who, who are suffering, that one day the pain, the pain will end, words of promise to those who are downtrodden, that there will be an inheritance one day that will dwarf any amount of earthly riches. Peter tells us that, that followers of Jesus, they've been born again. They've been born into a new family, which has a new inheritance. And then he describes the inheritance with, with these marvelous words of imperishable, undefiled, unfading, an inheritance that makes the biggest lottery on earth seem like nothing. Biblical scholar I. Howard Marshall writes about Peter's choice of these words. He said, all of these words express its eternal character in contrast to earthly possessions. All of them indicate eternal worth. You can't take gold or riches or houses with you, but this inheritance that Peter talks about, it's forever. Bear translated it this way, untouched by death, unstained by evil, unimpaired by time. And Peter concludes his words with kept in heaven for you. In other words, this is a lasting treasure, an inheritance that's, that's worth waiting for. This is a future that we can keep living for. In the background of these words is, is the rich Old Testament heritage, which is always reminding God's people that there is a promised land, a place of inheritance that the people of God are moving forward toward. Peter tells his, his fellow strugglers, those whose earthly future is marred by suffering and by death, he's telling them there's something more. We need to be reminded if such things, if we're to be a people of hope. Sometimes we look at life as if this is, is all we have, and as a result, we cling to life and to the way things used to be. If this world is all that we have, then in those seasons that all of us face, which we all will at one time or another, those times filled with, with dead-end tunnels, during those times, if that's all we have, the world can collapse all around us. But in this passage, we're told that there's more to life than just this life. Peter reminds fellow believers, no matter what you're facing now, remember, remember the future. Remember your inheritance as a child of God. Even so, this, this passage, it's about more than just the future. Because the Christian faith is about more than just what is to come. It's more than just some escapist theology or some fire insurance policy. Even the nature for this word inheritance that Peter uses, it reveals something more. Marshall writes, the word for inheritance has a different emphasis in the New Testament than what it does for ordinary people today. The New Testament uses the word to express more the legal claim of the heir that he already has on the property while the father is still alive. Our name, understanding inheritance this way, is already on the inheritance. God's people are already enjoying part of the inheritance. When Peter talks about a new birth, about this living hope, he's not talking about some future event. We have been born again. 
We've already begun the new life, and it has real consequences now. We have a living hope, not some wishful thinking for the future, but an attitude, a perspective that is alive now, that affects the way we see life now, the way we live life in the present. This isn't just some futuristic fairy tale about something that's way off somewhere else. The life of hope has begun when we take on the name Jesus as our Lord. For those who carry His name, they have a rich inheritance from God. Later on in this letter, Peter, Peter's going to elaborate more on some of the specifics of that kind of life lived for God. But for now, he simply says how it affects us when we are suffering as people of hope. He writes in verse 6, you rejoice, though now for a little while you have been grieved by various trials. In other words, there's joy in the here and now for people of hope. Even in hard times, there's a sense of confidence and deep joy. This is not just a looking to the future. It's also a living in the present. In fact, the two are closely related. Since we are sure of the future, it frees us to live today. Eugene Peterson puts it well in his translation of this passage when he says, we've been given a brand new life and we have everything to live for. Looking to the future, living in the present, those are two qualities, two qualities that exemplify the people of God. But, but there's one more thing that, that pulsates through these opening verses of this first letter of Peter, and it comes back to the whole emphasis about remembering. All of this talk about the future, all of the encouragement for the present, all of it is grounded in what we know about God in the past. Peter writes, by God's great mercy, we've been born again. Through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we have a living hope. Because it is kept in heaven for us, we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. All of this would just be wishful thinking if we didn't have some past experience to ground these promises in. This would all be just, just some humanistic endeavor if all we were depending on was us turning over a new leaf to live a better life here and now. But the promises and the hope, those things are grounded in a God who has done incredible things in the past and who will do incredible things in the future. David Gill reminds us, in difficult times, the Christian must make every effort to be closely, vitally attached to Jesus Christ. Equally important is to realize the extent to which God has attached Himself to us, because God has attached Himself to us, because God has chosen us through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, because God has conquered death in the resurrection. Because of what God has done, we can trust Him. We can trust Him to follow through with all these somewhat outlandish promises, actually, about this heavenly inheritance, no matter what we might be facing at this particular time in our lives.
The opening words of this incredible letter of Peter's is based on his experiences with Jesus Christ. It's grounded. It's grounded in the reality of how God has worked in this world. And so grounded in the past and looking forward to the future, we as God's people can live with hope and confidence in the present. I know that your congregation here at CPC is similar to ours at La Habra Hills and that these past few years have been a season of uh, a great deal of loss. Pastor Jason and I have shared the pain that we feel as pastors in the midst of trying to give encouragement in times of brokenness and grief and crisis like we've been through over the last couple of years. And now Pastor Jason's family self, especially Kathy and her dad, Young Jin, are feeling the pain, the deep sadness of the loss of Min Ho, who's a beloved wife, mother, grandmother, church member. And so they'll need your encouragement as they go through this time. And they'll need not so much your words spoken or words of advice, they'll need your love, shown in acts of support and notes and just your presence. They will need others to spend time remembering with them. And it sometimes fills our eyes with tears when, when we remember those loved ones who've gone. But those are tears of gratitude, tears helping us remember how significant a life was that was lived and what a valuable gift God gives us in other loved ones. It's important it's important to remember those who have touched our lives, those who have sacrificed for us. But this passage also calls us to remember something more, because these words point to this incredible God who's demonstrated His love for us in Jesus Christ and who promises great things for us in the future, and who desires, who deeply desires that we face our present situations with what is called a living hope. There's a very loose paraphrase of the 23rd Psalm that's written for the workplace where I read it. it. I like it, not because it's a great translation of the 23rd Psalm, but because it's a good reminder of, of who is really in charge, of who the source of our living hope really is. It goes like this, the Lord is my real boss and I shall not want. He gives me peace when there's chaos around me. He gently reminds me to pray and to do things without murmuring or complaining. He reminds me that He is my source, not my job. He restores my sanity every day and guides my decisions that I might honor Him in everything I do. And even though I face an absurd amount of emails, system crashes, unrealistic deadlines, budget cutbacks, gossiping coworkers, discriminating supervisors, and an aging body that doesn't cooperate every morning, I will not stop, for He is with me. His presence, His peace, and His power will see me through. He raises me up, even when they fail to promote me. He claims me as His own even when the company threatens to let me go. His faithfulness and love are better than any bonus check. His retirement plan beats every 401k there is. And when it's all said and done, I'll be working for him a whole lot longer 
And for that, I bless His name. You know, it's good to remember who really is in charge of who the source of our living hope is. It's important in this life to take time to remember. I'll enjoy being reminded by Google Photos sometime in the next year when they send me the picture of the sunrise service that we do together that Pastor, Pastor Johnson always sends me and now is on my things. It'll remind me of a God who's bigger than me and of how blessed I am to be a part of a larger church of Jesus Christ. How fortunate we are to have brothers and sisters here at CPC. It's important for us to remember today not only those loved ones, those, those unsung heroes who have shaped our lives, but also to remember who our God is and who we are as God's children. I invite you to listen once again to Peter's words to those who follow Jesus, this time as they're translated in the message. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have Him, this Father of our Master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything, everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. Please pray with me. Lord God, we, we pray that you would help us to truly experience the living hope that comes through our being born again. Help us to learn from the past, to be informed by the past, to have confidence in the future so that we can live this day that you've given us just today. We do pray that you would help us to care for those around us in the church and in our neighborhoods, to care for our pastors, our staff, our officers. Lord, give us this strong hope that drives us into the future by living this present day well. For these praise, these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.